Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Easy Conversations podcast, a podcast about having easy conversations, where we talk about mental health, adversity, spirituality, and societal issues. I'm your host, Burkan Daniel, and join me in this week's valuable episode featuring Julia Ablin as we delve into the transformative world of Kundalini Yoga. Discover Julia's awe-inspiring journey of self-discovery and the profound impact Kundalini Yoga had on her life, paving the way for her incredible transformation. In this episode, Julia, who is a dedicated Kundalini Yoga instructor, shares her narrative of how she stumbled upon this ancient practice and its remarkable effects on her personal growth. Through her conversation with me, we hope the listeners will uncover the secrets behind this yoga practice's ability to unlock inner potential, achieve spiritual harmony, and embrace life's challenges with resilience. In this episode, we cover Julia's personal experiences and the pivotal moments that led her to Kundalini Yoga, the transformative power of this yoga practice in reshaping perspectives and fostering inner peace, how Kundalini Yoga became the catalyst for Julia's journey toward becoming a passionate instructor, and practical tips and guidance for those seeking to explore this yoga practice's profound benefits. Julia is a Kundalini Yoga teacher and holistic transformational coach based in Berlin, Germany. She's passionate about creating safe spaces and experiences for people to reconnect to their authentic expression, to live a more intentional and purposeful life by being true to who they are, their values, and their desires. In her work, she calls upon tools and practices based on practical spirituality that have proven effective throughout her own journey from a depressed corporate accountant to a free-spirited yogi and coach traveling around the globe. I really hope you get a lot out of this episode. And if you could leave a five-star review or a comments in the comments section, I would truly appreciate it. And a brief word for our sponsors. So I would like to talk about deodorants because I'm tired of constantly replenishing my deodorant and then having to worry about disposing those plastic containers. There's a solution for that. Wild. Wild provides a eco-friendly, all-natural deodorant with a sustainable design. They provide a for-life aluminum case. For me, they sent me a personalized case with my name on it. And did I mention you can customize your orders and have these refills delivered straight to your door? This is an all-natural solution where there's no aluminum in the product, just in the case. Go to wearewild.com and use code EASY at checkout for 25% off your first order. All right, Julia, welcome to the Easy Conversations podcast. Thank you for joining me today. And I'm really excited about uh, the topic we're going to cover today. But uh, before we jump into it, I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to the listeners, 
uh, let us know a little bit about what it is that you do and where you're based because that's always uh, interesting. So yeah, I'll hand it over yeah, to you. Yeah, thank you for having me, Fulkan, on your podcast. And yeah, I'm, my name is Julia. I am a self-discovery coach as well as a Kundalini yoga teacher. And yeah, that's also really what I'm here today to talk about is Kundalini yoga. And yeah. just to get the, the message out there, just make this practice more known because it had such a huge impact on my personal life, um, so much so that I made mm -hmm. it my career. Um, and yeah. I just really love talking about it. And just because it is a little bit less known still than other yoga practices, even though yoga has become really, and I'm grateful for that, more mainstream, Kundalini is not yet. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to... Um, yeah, just share about it a little bit more. And oh yeah, I'm I'm based in, in Ford, Germany yeah. currently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean lots to unpack there, but why do you feel this form of yoga, Kundalini, is hasn't gained as much popularity or maybe isn't as mainstream considered to some uh, you know, when compared to some other forms? Um, I've heard about it a little bit, but again, I'm not I don't feel like I could see I'm very familiar with the practice itself. So, so yeah, maybe let's starting off with why you believe it, it isn't as uh, mainstream. Um, I think most of it is probably because it was only introduced here, let's call it in the West, um, around, yeah. well, 50 years ago. So um, before that, it was really um, kept a lot more secret. So a lot of the teachings were just passed down from teacher to student verbally. Nothing was really written down or... Um, made accessible to a wide public, um, even though Kundalini is really or has really been around um, for more than 3,000 years. So the first mention of it in text um, is mm -hmm. like more than 3,000 years ago. So um, it's really ancient, um, but just not yeah. really been brought to the West. And that changed um, yeah, around 50 years ago when um, one of the, the students, he immigrated to I think I believe it was Canada um, and then later on he ended mm. up uh, in the US and just started teaching there I think like New Mexico that was kind of the area um, and just started to grow a community from there and then it slowly spread um, throughout the world um, so it is relatively more widely known I would say in the US and Canada maybe um, but even here in Europe uh, in Germany it's still quite hard to find studios or teachers unless you know you live in the big cities like you're in Berlin or you're in Munich um, Hamburg maybe so you have studios and mm -hmm. teachers there but um, for example where I live it's very rural there's no no big cities really around um, and if I wanted to go yeah. to an in-person Kundalini class myself I would have to drive probably um, yeah an hour an hour and a half somewhere to go in person so oh. it's really it's not really you go to your local gym and you find kundalini there that's not usually how it happens um yeah. although it can so i, yeah. I guess that's probably the main right reason. right okay fair enough and then just out of curiosity where in germany are you based in? Now I'm, <laughs> I'm still um based in the very northwestern corner i would say so i'm almost on the dutch okay. border um, but I'm about to move to Berlin in about two months. So, um, 
yeah, big changes coming um, in my life. But yeah, for now, I'm um, based here in my hometown, essentially. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah. And then one of the things you mentioned at the beginning was that your self discovery coach, what does that mean? Because uh, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, what does that mean? And, and how are you able to help others with your practice? Yeah, so um, I use a lot of, um, well, let's say I combine more of the um, classical coaching um, approach with, you know, um, mindset work, um, limiting belief, um, psychology, um, personality types, those, those types of things that you, well, some people probably think about when they hear coaching. Um, but then I also bring in um, spiritual aspects um, as well as Kundalini yoga as well, but also astrology, looking at your human design, um, sort of those things to really help you um, reconnect to your true essence. So who you really are on mm -hmm. the inside um, and then also embody that. So, um, you know, a lot of us through conditioning and childhood and what we've been told um like we want to belong we want to um therefore usually please the people around us and so a lot of us aren't really staying true to ourselves and sometimes we can even forget what that actually means so um if you ask me yourself like who am i really and not who am i projecting to be to the outside um so that's really something that i i help with um and i work on with my clients Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And again, coming back to the whole practice of Kundalini, how did you come across it? And, you know, what about it that, what, what about the practice itself was appealing to you and made you want to not only learn about it, but then also become like a, a instructor? Yeah. So, um, often with Kundalini, um, we actually have a saying in the community is like, you don't find kundalini it finds you when you need it the most um and that that what was the case with me as well um i was um you know on a mm -hmm. sort of sabbatical traveling really a soul searching trip trying to figure out what i wanted to do with my life after you know having graduated school and being in my first job and really not liking it at all um and mm -hmm. i had a lot of just insights that I gained on that trip on myself and some of the behaviors and um and habits that I had and yeah I, I had really like huge epiphanies and maybe call it an awakening um and I was seeing really mm -hmm. clearly what needed to change but I didn't know how to change it I, I didn't have the tools to change anything um and that was really mm -hmm. um really frustrating and um yeah just it's like it's almost harder like if if you're not aware of it if you're like ignorance is bliss right but once you've seen it um right and then not not knowing how to to approach the change you want um to have that can be really frustrating and so um yeah. i think it was just i don't know on instagram or online somewhere i saw an ad um for a, a free five-day workshop um 
And because I had the time, because I was traveling, I thought, well, let's sign up for it. It's free. Like I have nothing to lose. Uh, I didn't really look at the details. Um, and yeah. then one of the days was actually um, just about movement and the body. And we did a full Kundalini Kriya or Kundalini Yoga set, um, which it's called. Um, and it was so powerful right from the first moment. It, it really impacted me. Um, I could feel it like physically, but also just on a different level as well. Like something changed um, and it's, it's really hard to explain um, what that was like, but yeah. it w really had a profound effect mm -hmm. on me. Um, and so, um, yeah, I signed up with the, the, the two girls who were leading the workshop. They were both Kundalini teachers. Um, and so I started studying um, with them, practicing with them, um, became really quickly super uh, interested and invested in this practice um was just practicing almost every day by myself and then with them via video um so it was all online um yeah but yeah yeah it it it, it just something like changed and i didn't even realize it in the beginning but that was kind of like the tool that i was looking for that i needed to change a lot of those habits and mm -hmm. beliefs um that i had um become aware of before so um i think right it was only like three or four months in i said okay i need to do a teacher training just to have a deeper understanding mm -hmm. also of the what is the history behind it what is some of the you know what is just some of the basic ideas because in class like yeah they give you some context but obviously you're there to practice and not to right. have like a lecture so um, I yeah, yeah. looked for a teacher training. I found one in the Netherlands, which, well, is really close to me. Um, I signed up for that yeah. um, and then attended the teacher training. And, well, I did it purely for my own curiosity and my own knowledge. But um, as part of the teacher yeah. training, you have to teach a class to your fellow students there. Um, and then you get feedback from the teachers and so as soon as I sat down to teach my class, it was like, it felt like coming home. Um, I, yeah. yeah, it yeah. sounds a bit cliche, but it was really, it felt so natural to teach um, and to just be there in front of, of the class. And, you know, the instructions were just coming very naturally. I didn't have to think about them or like prepare like a lot of instructions. What do I want to say during the class? It just... It was just very innate for me. Um, yeah. And I guess the class must have been really impactful um, as well, like for the, the people experiencing it, because afterwards, both of my teachers came to me and they said, um, pretty much, you know, you have to promise us one thing. You need to be a teacher. You need to teach. You need to actually use things and share this. Mm -hmm. um, and so, well... Um, yeah, that's that's yeah, how it yeah. started. So it wasn't intentional, but yeah, once right. I had experienced that, I I couldn't. I, there was no way I was going back. So, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, and here you are, yeah, and you know, as you were sharing that, a lot of it resonated for me, and and I can kind of understand, you know, that experience because I went through a similar journey of self discovery, and what I came across was psychology. And I was, as I started reading more, uh, started diving deeper, I realized, oh, this is really deep, 
deep stuff. And it not only helped me with my own healing, it almost, um, I, I guess, motivated me to go learn further and then become a therapist so I can help others and and help them with their own healing. So I can totally see the similarities there where, you know, you come across something that you needed at the time, but then you become so passionate about it and you dive so deep that there you're in a position then to guide others and help others along the same path. So so it sounds like that was very similar for yourself with with this practice. Now we've talked about it a little bit in terms of how you came across it and and why you became an instructor. Now what makes this practice different than some of the traditional or more mainstream yoga practices that people are familiar with? What is unique and different about kundalini yeah, yoga? Yeah, so um, I guess like the more traditional or more widely known ones would probably be hatha yoga and vinyasa yoga. I think most people when they talk mm-hmm. about yoga, um, they mean hatha yoga, um, but it's only like one style of yoga essentially. Um, but yes. yeah, with those two um, in particular, and I think that's also just something we we like to do here in the West, they are very heavily focused on the physical. So, um, and I know a lot mm-hmm. of people, they do yoga just to to be fit and to, you know, have the physical benefits. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, right. It's still a great tool to use for that. Um, don't get me wrong. But Kundalini yoga is, um, I would say, more holistic. So it really focuses not just on the physical. Yes, we have the asanas, the postures that you move through. Um, you move your body, obviously, um, but it's also very mm-hmm. um, much focused on the mental, on the mind. So there's a lot of meditation involved, uh, for example. You use visualization, um, but then it's also very spiritual. So you really want to um, connect to, we always say, like higher consciousness to like your highest potential. Um, mm-hmm. And that is like just... The idea of connecting to something that's bigger than yourself, um, whatever that means to you. Um, but so that's also a big aspect of it. So we not only use um, the postures, but we use a lot of breath work as well. We use the meditation, visualization, mm-hmm. we use a lot of mantra, which is also um, different from many other yoga practices and can be a bit well, weird <laughs> and uncomfortable if you're really new to it. Um, so we use chanting and just right. um, sounds. And so I would say that that is a big uh, difference to, to other styles of yogas. Um, and then also, I think what has drawn me in so quickly as well is that the benefits that you can achieve are really available to you from the very first time you practice so you don't have to spend years and years to perfect um, the asanas the postures but very quickly almost immediately you can get the benefits you can and you can feel the benefits that you're getting so you can feel how it's affecting your body um, how the energy is moving um, maybe just let me go back there a little bit um, so that this all makes sense. Sure. So the term Kundalini um, actually refers to an energy potential that we all have inside our bodies. So it's like a reserve energy, um, mm. I like to call it, that 
is really dormant in the yeah. body. Um, and yeah, we usually say it's like at the base of your spine. So if you're familiar with the chakra system a little bit, it's where your root chakra would be. So the very, um, the first chakra really at the base of your spine. And that's where this energy potential is. And all yoga, but Kundalini yoga in particular, really works on awakening this energy potential. And so that then the energy can really move through the body, flow up through the spine, and then just really whatever you need this energy for. So it can be used for healing. Um, it can also be used to, you know, if you really want mm. to um, accomplish a certain goal or something. So whatever you, you would personally need more energy for, it doesn't even need to be intentional. The energy just knows where to go. Um, mm -hmm. And that is Kundalini mm -hmm. energy. So mm -hmm. all types of yoga in some shape or form um, work with this energy. But Kundalini is really all the, all the asanas, all the postures, all the exercises are really focused on awakening this energy. Um, so we have a lot of movement, a lot of exercises working with the spine, for example. Um, also, a lot of the breath work is really focused mm -hmm. on being energizing uh, and awakening this energy. And so um, it is not uncommon and that's what i experience as well that you get like tingling sensations like in your toes or in your fingers um so there's really on a physical level something happening that you can feel and that you can be aware of and with kundalini this is really mm. even if you're practicing the, your very first time you can feel this and this is available to you and that's really what i like it's so accessible and then at the same time lots a lot mm -hmm. of these practices, they are really applicable to everyday life. So they have right. very practical applications. So um, some of the breathwork is very calming. So if you struggle with anxiety, for example, and I know a lot of people do in these times that we live in, mm -hmm. um, you can use some of the breathwork yeah. to calm yourself down, to calm your nervous system down, um, or just use some of the practices, the more physical ones to just move the energy through your body also if you're feeling kind of heavy and like lethargic um yeah move that stagnant energy and then that state of mind also changes and is affected so um they like the applications are virtually endless and that's also why i like using it in my coaching mm -hmm. practice as well to just as a support because i mm -hmm. guess then I, I think we we understand this more and, and more um, that a lot of like trauma right. and emotions and memories are really stored in the body. So you can do all the mindset work you want, yep. but some things are so deeply rooted within your system that it's really hard to get to them and change them just through the power of your mind and the power of your will. And so just having this practice that works on, on the physical, but then also on the mental at the same time, on the conscious, on the subconscious, is such a catalyst. And that's really what I witnessed within myself, mm. you know. Um, so many things that I was like trying to change and I was trying to change this habit and not do this anymore. And it's like, I didn't, it's not like I didn't have the willpower, but you know, it's so hard. And I guess, I think everyone can agree, like, you're trying so hard and you really want this, but somehow right. you always end up sabotaging yourself in a way, I guess. So um, this is like, there's really yeah. so many applications. And um, 
yeah, I'm getting excited again. <laughs> like talking about it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, no feel problem. so passionate about it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And your passion is evident, which I, I always admire when people are passionate about what they teach. And I think there's a few things I want to explore there with you. But one of the things, um, like I practice yin yoga. I don't know if that's like a yeah, yeah. actual yoga practice, but that's what I know it as. And I find, you know, to your point earlier, I find it very powerful because it allows me to, you know, engage the physical, like my body with my mind and, and holding those deep stretches allows me to process a lot of things that are going on in my head as well while I'm engaged in the pose. So I do find it very therapeutic for myself, especially after a long week, if I'm able to go for the practice, um, it really helps me work through a lot of things that I've perhaps been carrying around or bring to my conscious awareness. And sometimes I find that, you know, to your point, I'm holding it somewhere in my body and how can I release it? And one of the things I did want to explore with you is, is that whole aspect of you saying, you know, you mentioned the root chakra, but being able to identify that energy in your body and uh, perhaps direct it in a certain way. Um, why is that important for people? Because I find like often, I know you mentioned it, it can be helpful when you're feeling lethargic or you're just not feeling motivated from an energetic standpoint, but just being able to recognize that energy in your body, um, I think is, is that alone is very powerful, but then to be able to direct it in different parts is, is also very useful, right? So um, just wanted to explore on, uh, that a little bit further with yeah, you. Yeah, so um, this energy that we have, we like to call it really the, potential for highest consciousness um that's kind of like like that, mm -hmm. that's really what kundalini refers to and what it means and so um we want yeah. to raise this consciousness this energy throughout the body throughout the chakra system like on the way um balancing the chakras which has like a whole multitude of other benefits like i'm not even going to go into that because that that will be a whole a whole nother podcast episode to just go in depth about the chakras <laughs> yeah um but yeah to really raise it up through your body through your spine which is the central energy channel in your body um pretty much as well um and then to have that individual consciousness join with um yeah like group consciousness which happens in a yoga class so um you yeah. join kind of consciousness with everyone who's there and maybe if someone um, not, doesn't even have to be a yoga class, but maybe if you've been a, at an event with a multitude of people, um, it's like there's this group energy that kind of develops um, and that sometimes you can also feel, okay, like this, the energy of the group like changes or raises. So it's yeah. not just in yoga, but it, it's yeah. what we do in Kundalini um, and why it's so powerful to practice yes. in a group and not just by yourself alone at home, which is also powerful, but being in a group can just mm -hmm. take it to a whole other level. Um, and then beyond these right. um, group consciousness, we want to take it like even further to, we call it cosmic consciousness, but it, it's, well, really like noble consciousness, universal, so whatever you want to call it, but it's like this all-encompassing, um, right. this bigger knowing and also kind of like the energy that we all kind of came from like 
we say we're all connected, it's because mm -hmm. we all come from sort of the same energy at some point. Um, right. And so that we really want to yeah. join them. And that can give us just a lot of, um, let's say, just wisdom and awareness to um, then being able to really see, I guess, more clearly to um, really see, okay, where am I standing? What What is holding me back? Where am I in my own way? Maybe what... What is keeping me from really reaching and living up to my fullest potential and really being my best self? Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes those are really conscious realizations um, that you sometimes have, especially, you know, at the end of every yoga class, we, we have the relaxation, the, the, the shavasana that we do. Um, and I think that's the same in every style of yoga. And Maybe you've experienced it in your yin classes. Sometimes we have like a big release um, or, or yeah. just some type of thought or something that just pops in your mind and it's like, ah, oh, like that's something I need to do or yeah. let go or the body is just releasing it on, it, on its own. Um, but this can also be mm -hmm. really subconscious without us even knowing, um, but then just making better choices, um, just living, well, that's right. such a, like mainstream term not like being more in alignment just with um just your highest uh potential and and whatever that can then right. look like that's what i why i said earlier sometimes this energy is for healing or it's for being more active or for energizing but it can also be for calming down so that that looks different for everyone individually but just having this yeah. this kind yeah. of like big picture view and this awareness um that that is really what, what happens when we right. can awaken this Kundalini energy. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And thank you for expanding on that. And I, I, I mean, a lot of it makes sense. Um, there, there is a lot of literature around the, the power of community and belonging. Right. So that's kind of what you're referring to when we practice um, in, in a group, you can kind of feel that energy uh, shift because there's so many of you and, and there's that aspect of belonging. And then the other piece is um, I've, I've also uh, come across this in quantum physics. They talk about energy in a box and often the, the energy is limited depending on the size of the box. And as you open the, the boundaries and perhaps expand the boundaries, the, the potential energy also expands. So it's kind of similar in that sense. Um, but yeah, in, in my practice, I also find I'm able to process things differently you know where for example a thought or an idea or belief is like blocked inside when i'm practicing and i'm basically releasing some of the uh the tightness in my body i'm also able to work through the thoughts right that that have been blocked so i i can definitely see a lot of benefit from that standpoint now you, you know you talked about the whole aspect of that spiritual connection, which is something I also like to cover on this podcast. And I try to look at it from everyone's experience is different when we talk about spirituality, right? And I think a lot of times people get stuck on their own ways or what they've been taught. But I like to look at it as, okay, well, it doesn't matter how you get there as long as you're getting there, right? And everyone has their own way because we're all different. But what about in this practice specifically, 
is so profound about this connection to this higher self or however you want to refer to it, the collective consciousness. But what is so unique about this practice that allows you to do that? And I know we've touched on the whole aspect of community and, and raising that energy together, but is there anything specific that you feel is, is unique or, or allows you to get there in a different way? I think for me, what has been really powerful in, in the practice of Kundalini Yoga, um, for someone that's new, it can sometimes seem like we're doing a lot of things at once. So um, there will be some, some postures, some exercises where you're doing a certain movement with your body together with a certain breath. You're doing something with your hands, so you have a, a certain mudra, like Gyan Mudra having your, your thumbs and your index fingers together, like there's a lot of them but that's like the, the most widely known i would say mm -hmm. and then you're having your eyes closed but you're focusing your eye gaze somewhere um and then so it's like a lot of things happening at once that you kind of like need to focus on but by doing that you become so present in the moment because you have so much focus on at the same time that mm -hmm. then it's also very easy to just really be with the flow be in the practice and just You know, um, a lot of people, they meditate and they, they think, oh, my, the goal is to not have any thoughts anymore, to, you know, be beyond my thoughts and not mm. think anything anymore. And they get so frustrated when they're just sitting there and they're focusing on their breath and their thoughts are racing. Sometimes the thoughts are even more um, frequent and more annoying than just when you're doing something else. And so um, just yeah. let me tell you, you can never have no thoughts like you have like more than a thousand thoughts per yeah. blink of an eye like per second um whether you are aware of them or not so that will never work to have not no thoughts anymore um but all of these different focus points in kundalini yoga really helps me at least to slow my thoughts down enough to really then have like windows i would say opening into the mind where i can then be more intentional and have like more of that awareness um and i always like to say mm -hmm. it really helps me to see um and i guess that's also where like this higher consciousness group consciousness comes in to see beyond my own perceptions because we all have like like my, i mean we're both wearing glasses but we all have like these uh, imaginary glasses with our own perceptions so we all see like the same or like we all yeah. have the same reality that we're seeing but how it processes in our minds how right. we perceive it is so unique it's so different and to just have like mm -hmm. that kind of window um opening because the mind is a bit more still and then we have like this higher wisdom um can really help us to see, like to just take off the glasses for a moment and to s just see more clearly um and i think that is something that's very very powerful right um and that Kundalini for me helped with because it really gives you so much else to focus on during the practice that almost automatically the mind is like okay I cannot right. I, I cannot focus on my thoughts anymore because I have so much else in this moment to focus on. Yeah, 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 and I can relate to that as well. I think the at least what I gather from what you're saying there's what I've experienced is when you're in those moments and you know, people describe it differently, but you know, one of the ones that I find very cool is, is that whole 
aspect of flow state, right? And when you're in that flow state, you kind of see this expansive perspective or maybe this wider perspective and uh, on a deeper level. And that I find at least humbles me because I'm able to realize that the way I perceive things, as you mentioned, is very limited. And, and that humbling in itself allows me to see that, okay, I'm probably seeing a very small fraction of things and the other person that next to me or, or whomever I'm disagreeing with is seeing it differently, but none of us is right or wrong. And I think it allows me to just feel closer to people because I'm like, oh, because my perspective is limited, theirs is too. Maybe we can collectively start looking at things a bit differently or at least find places where we are seeing things or where that commonality is. Um, and I find, yeah, whether it's meditation or any spiritual practice people have, that allows you to just have that wider view. Uh, but it's such a short time frame, right? When you're in that flow state, when you experience it. But, and that's what I think kind of wants you to keep going back because it's such, for me, I find it's a very nice experience because like I said, it allows me to find peace within myself but then also have this level of humility knowing that, oh, I don't see all this all the time. It's just such a limited window and then have that aspect of um, empathy and perhaps compassion for, for everyone else uh, around me, including myself. I don't yeah, know if that's definitely. your experience. I, I was going to yeah. say that um, not just this practice, but just this um, realization in general that how I see things is not necessarily how everyone else sees them and um i still very vividly remember when i first had this awareness i think it was actually um you know learning about um the myers-briggs personality types um and once i, I read mm -hmm. through like my type i was like oh if there's like so many other types like then obviously that means they perceive things very differently and um to just have that realization that and I was already in my early 20s and that's the first time I, I actually thought, okay, maybe not everyone is seeing things the way I do. Um, and that made me, mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, a lot more um, compassionate um, towards others, but also towards myself. Um, and also just gave me the ability to sometimes also question myself, is this how I'm perceiving this. Is this actually true or is this just, you know, some sort of story that I'm just in, um, that I'm creating in my mind? Can I see, like, can I take a step back and maybe look at it from a different perspective? And I think that is just so valuable um, for life in general um, to, to just have that and yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I find it's also allowed me to let go of past beliefs and thoughts as well, because, you know, obviously we have things that happen to us throughout life and a lot of those things stick with us and we hang on to them and then we create uh, beliefs about ourselves based on that. But through these practices, and like I said, however you get there, it's allowed me to release those beliefs that I hung on to for so long that weren't serving me. And to your point, maybe taking a step back, looking at it from a fresh perspective, or even reframing it and recognizing that, you know, 
again, no one was doing things to me intentionally or with with the intention of hurting me or, or putting me down. It's just these things happen. And either we can use these experiences as an opportunity to um, perhaps build ourselves in a different way and, and um, come out differently, or we can use it to hold ourselves back. That is a choice we have. And I think that just that recognition also allows Uh, at least for me, gives me more agency, more freedom. Uh, I feel like I can influence things a bit more. And I think, you know, a lot of the times we become so controlled by our environment. And that's where, at least what I see, even with the people I work with, that's where a lot of that anxiety comes because you're just waiting for things to happen around you without any influence rather than recognizing that you have a lot more influence in a lot of it right and and i'm not trying to minimize people's experiences but that's ultimately my goal when i'm working with people is to get them to realize that hey you have a choice here you can really influence a lot around definitely i think there's nothing more empowering really than to to realize how much in charge we actually are and then we can really um you know because yeah like you said we all have our experience of things happen and yeah some are dealt worse hand than others for sure um but that that doesn't mean like that doesn't have to affect your future necessarily um so and i think you can also see that like you can like some people who had like such difficult life and so many just um where you're just saying oh my god like how much can they take or like how much can they handle and they are doing mm-hmm. it really gracefully and it doesn't seem to affect them at all. And then you have others who had, I would say, relatively or compared to that, like just minor things. Um, and I would include myself mm-hmm. in that. Like uh, my upbringing was very peaceful and like yeah, I had everything I, I could ask for, but I was just miserable growing up. And especially as a teenager and as a young adult, mm-hmm. I was really depressed and I had like really self-destructive habits and I, Still to this day, I, I cannot figure out where this is coming from. And, you know, maybe this is like not even in my lifetime, but ancestral and all those things that are like in play there. And I was always like mm-hmm. almost blaming myself. Like, why am I having such a hard time? There's like, I had it so good. There's like other people who had it so bad and they're doing fine. And I'm struggling over here. Like, what is going on? Um, yeah, because I, I, I didn't realize that I like you put it, I, I had a lot more like agency and a lot more say and, and how and I was always just seeing myself as a victim. And um, yeah, that, so that's just one of the things that, that fundamentally yeah. changed as also through, not just through Kundalini, but with this practice as well. And has just made a huge, huge mm-hmm. impact um, as you can imagine on my life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And thank you for sharing that. And I I know we're coming to a close here, but I I do want to give you the opportunity if there's anything else you'd like to touch on as far as this practice goes that we may have not talked about um, and you feel would be valuable for people to know uh, as far as this practice goes or Um, or anything in general. I mean, I I could share forever about this, um, but I think what I do want to say, and maybe this comes back to the beginning and also how I found Kundalini, um, if this has made you curious or just in general, if 
you find yourself just being drawn to a certain topic um, or um, just being like, hey, this, this sounds intriguing, this sounds interesting, I feel like I want to know more about it. Just follow that impulse and that desire, um, follow that curiosity. Um, it doesn't, you, you know, it doesn't have to make sense. Um, mm -hmm. And that it doesn't mean that that will lead to you completely changing your career and, and whatnot. But you just never know what, what it might lead to and why you're having that desire and that curiosity. Um, so that's, that's really just what I would like to share um, that follow your curiosity and just be open and yeah, stay curious. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for that. And, and um, I guess as we come to a close here, I do want to give you an opportunity. If listeners do want to get a hold of you, what are some ways they can do that? Whether it's online or uh, social media, what's some, what are some yeah, ways? Yeah, so can uh, one great place to start is always uh, my Instagram. Um, so it's Julia underscore holistics. Uh, and then I also have a website, which is www.theholistictoolbox.com. And I do have a blog on there um, with, uh, you know, blog posts about Kundalini Yoga and also some specific practices that you can do, for example. And I also, like, if someone's really, really intrigued, I do offer, um, you know, it's like a one-on-one -on -one session where I kind of create your own practice um, or you, you know I choose a practice for you it involves a little bit of coaching or like lifestyle advice um, more to that um, than coaching um, but yeah we do a video recording and you get your own personalized practice um, tailored to whatever it is you feel you need um, and so that would be just a beautiful way to just dive into it a bit more deeply and also get some questions answered but also you know just send me a message or an email if you have any more questions if you want to chat about this um, I'm always more than happy to talk about Kundalini or anything else in general <laughs> awesome yeah absolutely and I'll put that in the show notes so uh, that's great uh, I just want to thank you again Julia for your time and you know your willingness to come on here and share your story with us but also help us understand about this practice. And like I said, I can definitely sense your passion with it. So that's always exciting to, to feel from people that they're, you know, in the work they're doing. So um, thank you so yeah, much thank for you having again. me. Appreciate it. Thank you for checking out this episode with Julia. As always, please leave a review or a comments in the comment section. I love hearing from you all. Or if you haven't, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. That's the best way to support this podcast. And also check out the sponsors of the podcast. Thank you. And until next week.